DJ and PK, it is time to talk basketball with David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprinter are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. And David's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you, David James? I'm How doing, are you, Patrick Kinahan? Well. Good, man. Good. <laughs> doing well. All right. So, uh, have you got any insight on uh, Zion Williamson leaving the bubble? Uh, if he might be back? How much this matters? Obviously, the Jazz in New Orleans played two really competitive games in New Orleans in January, and they split them. Uh, the Jazz won a game right at the end, and the Pelicans thought they got robbed, and then the Pelicans beat them in overtime. Uh, so what what do you think when you hear this news with that game now less than two weeks away? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it said he had a severe family issue or a significant family issue. I don't remember exactly the wording. And so now he comes back, and if I have it, if it's excused, um, then I believe he has a four-day quarantine yeah. upon coming back. So, um you know, I guess you can assume he has not. He's not going to do a lot of practicing, so maybe they're going to be. And I would be pretty cautious with him. But they're in quite a tight little race trying to get into that playoff. Um, and you know, and it would be neat for the league if that playoff existed. That's you know, that would be the first time we've ever had anything like that. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, anything particular about this, but you can start to do the math on how many practice days he would have. Um, and how much you'd be able, you know, if you're quarantined, you're not getting exercise in. So you're pretty quickly, you can get to a date where you assume he's not at full strength against the Jazz in that first game. So for several years now, when the Jazz practice or play, you've been there, you've been front and center, and now you're not. Uh, you're going through withdrawals? Yeah, it sucks. I thought you might say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible. What would you normally find out in one of those practices and know, and you don't know now, and that's what sucks and bugs you? Well, I mean, I'm doing my job, so I think I still know what they're doing because I've been talking to enough people. So um, I think I still have an idea of of how they're approaching things and what they're doing. Um, But, you know, you just can see... One, you can just see where the emphasis is when you go to practice. Um, the other is there's all sorts of times where Quinn stops practice to, to get into something, and those are the moments where, you know, everything quiets and you listen. And and then, you know, you can also tell kind of Quinn will know who he's going to need. This is maybe more before games sometimes at shoot-around, but you can kind of tell some on some days, like, he'll suddenly be, you know, wildly riding George Niang. And you're like, oh, Quinn knows something about tonight's game that he knows he's going to need George Niang, you know, in some way. I don't know if that's a great example, but you can just see it where his focus is and where the focus is at practice to understand where he thinks things are important and what is important for the upcoming game. You just you obviously can't get that. And then it's just the other is just the the conversation. I mean, whether it's, you know, um, just Rudy walking off and you happen to spend three or four minutes with him or Mike Conley. And sometimes it's about their kids and sometimes it's about golf and sometimes it's about basketball. But those conversations matter pretty important, you know, when you actually then have a question or need something or you see something in practice. Um, There can be a moment in practice where 
you know, Quinn's working on something and Donovan and Mike huddle up right afterwards and say something, well, that's pretty, you know, I'll often then go ask Mike or Donovan, like, hey, I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, what did you what did you guys talk about? Sometimes it's something, but every now and sometimes it's nothing, but every now and then you get a really great nugget. Yeah, having spent many years out on the road, I always thought on the road was the best place to get information because it's just a more conducive because players don't necessarily have anywhere to go. They're not going home to their kids, their wife, wherever it might be, or meeting somebody for lunch. Uh, and not having that, I feel your pain. I think that it makes it takes a dent in the coverage. As far as the reasoning for not allowing broadcasters there, do you did you ever get an explanation? What was the reasoning? Um, I think the reasoning is numbers. It gets pretty big pretty fast. You know, if they're holding the 36 or whatever it is, um, by the time you add every team's broadcasters, um, you know, I think it it gets fast. TV, they're going to do some great stuff. Um, We were on a call yesterday with the NBA, and I don't know how much I'm, you know, totally allowed to share or not um, from that call. Um, Some of it they said specifically is confidential, um, but they're doing some incredible things. Um, they have 36 mics under the floor for broadcast and four of them on each bucket to, to let you hear the sound of the game in a way that you've never heard it before. Um, I think there was something incredible, and it must have been for the finals game. I didn't quite understand it because I don't understand TV lingo. But of the 36 cameras that will be used maybe for the conference finals and the finals, 30 of them are in positions that have never been used before because there's no fans, so now they can put the camera wherever they want. So from a TV standpoint, um, I actually think they're going to be able to put together some really great broadcasts. Um, From a radio standpoint, we need to revolutionize what we're doing and change it completely and be willing to totally alter what our broadcast is and, and I don't know that we've had enough time to prepare that, but looking, you know, if we're going to do this for longer than this stretch, we need to, we need to rechange. We have to change what a radio broadcast is and, and take it into many different aspects and what it is right now, because this isn't going to work. So is it, is this the new normal? Um, hope not, but I don't know. I mean, I don't like, I don't know what the, you know, Right. I mean, we don't know. You know, I, I think we'll have fans in stadiums, and so we'll be traveling from sta- stadium to stadium at some point here pretty soon. So um, I would hope that that means that we're back on the road with the team, just with, you know, doing all the things you're supposed to be doing, masking, social distancing. I would guess that our, um, in the, I would think, you know, at some point, maybe our travels restricted upon getting into cities a little bit. Um, but I would hope that we could have a little bit of intelligence as a country and take care of some of these things with some very easy measures and, um, and then get fans back in the building in some level. Um, indoor is probably more difficult than outdoor, but it's a pretty cavernous space. So it's not indoor with reduced, um, air. So I would, I would hope that there's, um, I would hope that we have fans back in stadiums, but we've got to just, you know, as my astute um, friend Gordon Monson said, stop being idiots. Just say mask up, David. I've been waiting for you to say it. Mask up. 
That's right. 140 years of doctors wearing masks so they don't breathe in the incision when they're doing surgery and cutting you open. You know, I mean, I've always been mesmerized in my career by the power of marketing and the power of messaging. I mean, I remember even back to like, this is probably a weird analogy, but back to 1320K fan when we first started, I don't know if you recall this, DJ, but we had a phrase that you had to use whenever you mentioned somebody's name. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but this was like our whole marketing thing. So whenever you said Ron Boone, you had to say legend. And whenever you said David James, you had to say our buddy. And when you ever, like every single Tom the Salky was the coach, like every single person had a phrase that you had to use before their name when we had built 1320 K fan. And then we did that for nine months. And then we ran a study in which we did a survey of listeners and asked them the first thing they thought of when we said someone's name and 95% came back with the words we were using. It was incredible. So like, there's no question that you can just warp people's minds. It's a crazy concept. Um, I just, you know, this is probably, you know, right. Somehow we've warped the minds that somehow what doctors have done for 150 years is somehow now like your freedom. Like, holy smokes. So is calling them an idiot the best way to go about getting them to do at what some you want point, them yes. to do? At some point, at some point, yes. Have you ever done anything that when somebody called you an idiot, did you give in? Um, maybe. <laughs> good answer i mean like tell me more about, like, tell like, me more are we, talk, are we talking about last night at seven o'clock last night at four o'clock <laughs> yesterday morning at 10 which one i just don't know that lecturing people is the way to go no i i mean i agree but like no sure like you know but like i don't know what you yeah i mean sure lecturing doesn't work but like there if when your mind's been warped, which is kind of what I'm talking about, like, and it's not always political. I just think like marketing warps minds, right? Like, oh, I got gotcha. you. Just, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, why do we start having Oreos with milk? Because they put in a commercial, right? Like, I mean, this isn't like yeah. political. This is just the ability to send someone messaging. And so once that messaging is in someone's brain, I don't know what you do to un how, you know, you need to be able to, there's probably some science here, right? So if you've hit someone's brain a hundred times in a span of, of, you know, two weeks with some sort of messaging. I don't know. What do you have to do? Hit them 150 times for two weeks the other way. And so I don't know that you have the capability of doing that. And so the natural instinct on that is to try to do it with 150 times worth of intensity. Right. And so that's where you end up. Then it gets inflammatory. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Anytime someone entrenches themselves into anything, whether it's being, you know, for those poor souls that are a Dodger fan, like they've done this to themselves for their whole lives and they won't let it go, even though it's just the most sinful thing you can do in the world is to, be, to like bleed blue. Like, gosh, you'd think they'd see the light, but they don't. Um, so it doesn't matter. You know, it's once you've entrenched yourself, it's it's very hard to move someone for exactly the I mean, It's really I think it is like some sort of mass question of of marketing and it's very difficult. David Locke joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, I am curious, and I think I've hit you up with this before, but now you've had more time to think about it. As uh, as Quinn rearranges the minutes, because Boyan's 30 minutes and 20 points-ish-ish uh, are, are now available, Morgan, 
Uh, is he going to go down the bench? Are we going to see a lot of these guys? Before you were kind of you hit on the fly and you were kind of like mm, Brantley, Juwan Morgan, Jarrell Brantley. They like him, but ask him to deliver in the playoffs is a lot. But it is an unusual opportunity in these eight regular season games. How's that going to work out? Or is it just more time for Royce O'Neal and George Niang and more shots for Joe Ingles and uh, Mike Conley? So I think there's two different answers here because you twisted it at the end a little bit. So the shots, I think, have to be Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson, a little Joe Ingles, particularly early in the offense. Joe Ingles running to the corner instead of running to get the basketball. Um, Boyan used the most possessions in transition of anybody on our roster. I know it kind of seems funny. People don't think Boyan is a transition player, but he was in Indiana, and he was our most heavy transition player last this year as well. So, you know, Joe is going to – I think that's Joe's role. Um, and then specifically on Joe, since you guys, you know, love Joe. We all do, but you guys particularly. You know, Joe's game has really changed. He used to take about four to one – Catch and shoot threes off the bounce threes, and now it's even. He's going to go. He needs to go back to being, you know, four to one um, catch and shoot threes to off the bounce threes, and that will help his percentage. It will help the team. It's the way you have to replace Boyan's, you know, five or six threes a game. The in regards to minutes, I think it gets really complicated, David, because Boyan's playing thirty-one minutes a night, and it's not as though there's a bunch of guys that aren't getting enough minutes. So, like. I mean, George is at 14, and I guess you could try to say that George goes to 20. He's only played two games all year where he's played 20 minutes. There's probably, you know, like I love George, but there's probably a little bit of a of a moment where certain matchups work and certain matchups don't. And Quinn's probably protected him quite well, but he played 20 minutes in a 33 point blowout against the Golden State Warriors, and he played 20 minutes in like the third game of the year against the Lakers when Boyan was injured, um, and that's it. He hasn't played 20 minutes in any other game all year. So let's say you even do spike him to 20, which seems to be a lot considering he has not done it in any game all year. You still have 26 minutes to go, right? Boyan's now, now we're still 25, 26 minutes we have to go get. Well, Mike's playing 29. Joe's playing 29. You don't really want them much higher than that, but let's say you give each of them two more. We still got 20 to go. So I, I think you're going to see Emmanuel Moutier playing just kind of a basketball like I don't know what position um, and Royce O'Neal's already playing 30 minutes a night if I'm correct I have to look that up but my memory is he's playing so like Royce isn't going to go suddenly play 40 so it's going to be really interesting to see how they're able to move those minutes along because um, they aren't you know there it isn't as though there's just this natural easy position person that you're bringing in and saying oh well they're you know they've been short 12 minutes a night and so we're just going to go give them 12 minutes a night and that'll start to cover it up and then when you add in the fact that at some point in this process, Mike Conley's leaving for his wife's birth of their third child, then I think you have, um, then you really, then I, then I do think Juwan Morgan and Jarrell Brantley and some other people have to play. Well, I thought Moutier would get a much bigger role at that point too, for however many games Mike misses. Right. Right. But I just had Moutier getting the, um, I just had Moutier getting the minutes for Boyan. Yeah. I want to make sure that Jordan Clarkson stays in the role that he has been in because he's provided a lift. Do you see that happening? I think so, but when Mike leaves, um, I would assume so. I mean, there is a part that when Mike leaves, um, then Jordan maybe picks up, goes into the starting lineup. But I, I, I can understand where you're seeing coming from, and I would, I would think that's the likelihood of what happens. 
Are there any players on this team that feed more or less off the crowd that will be more or less impacted by this, or it's just the same for everybody and they'll all adapt and they play pickup games and so what? Don't overthink it. Well, I think you can overthink that one. I mean, I think it's pretty fascinating. Um, the, by the way, I don't know if this is going to work. I love this idea. I believe they have either two or four cameras that the, they've told the players are like fan cams. So, like, if you want to, like, hit a shot and react to the fans, you go to that camera. Like, as a player, so, you know, uh, like, do you want players? Do you, you want players thinking about this stuff in the middle of a game? Well, you want fan interaction. You want a fan experience. They think about it during the game anyway. Um, so, and, and I don't know that... I don't know that it's going to feel fanless to the... It's going to feel different. But I don't know how – I think they're doing a lot of things to try to make it feel as though there's some atmosphere in the building. Um, so I just think it's going to be different. And that's where I think it's really hard to like start making projections on what team's going to do. I feel like everything – the margin between teams is pretty slim. And so because it's a totally different environment than it's been, things are – players are going to be reacting differently. Teams are going to be reacting differently. And therefore, I think it's really hard to know – like where those slim little margins are going to move. I, I, I really am uncomfortable making much of any prediction. The only prediction I'm, I'm comfortable with is once it's kind of established what's going on, um, playoff series will be shorter and, um, and the favorites will win a lot more. Okay, so that's interesting. Do you have just Charles Barkley that you played earlier this morning, Yak? Give uh, give. Wait, this. if I'm disagreeing, if I'm disagreeing with Charles, I feel really comfortable. Yeah, that, that's a part of what I wanted to get to. <laughs> if the Portland Trailblazers get in the playoffs, they will beat the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. Now, Barkley loves to say stuff, and he's shouting there. It almost feels like he knows it's BS when he yells it. But is there anything? I know you believe the NBA is a league of matchups. Is there anything about that matchup that Laker fans should fear? Well, so the concept would be that Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins are back. Um, the Blazers, with both of those, would be one of the few teams that could be as long as the Lakers. The Lakers are going to be thin, fast. With, uh, I mean, the Rajon Rondo injury is the best thing that's ever happened to them, and it's going to exist in the first round. And they're just terrible, and Rondo's on the floor. Their assist rate as a team goes some, it's something crazy. Like they're like sixty five percent of all field goals are assisted until Rondo's on the floor and that's like thirty percent. I mean, he's just terrible. Um so that that's a great injury for them. The problem they have as a team is that their best lineups are all with Anthony Davis at the five. Um, though McGee and Howard have been great. Like, don't misunderstand the value of those minutes they give. But when it's really time, Anthony Davis goes to the five and LeBron goes to the four. Well, they're now thin. Um, you know, they have Contavious Caldwell Pope and Alex Caruso and Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma, and, and they'll. But that's it. Like, they unless I'm forgetting someone, they don't have anything else there. So they have four guys to divide those other minutes out. So they're going to have a hard time getting getting small for long periods of time. And that's the impact of those, those two injuries. And then, you know, obviously we just, it, it doesn't feel at this moment that there's going to be a COVID outbreak. And it does feel at this moment as though the league has done an incredible job of, and everything is heading in the right direction. Um, but if there is some sort of COVID outbreak and they then lose one of those players, then they're even more limited. 
David, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Nice chatting with you guys today. Good. <laughs> Thanks, PK. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, right. Hey, PK. But You're an idiot. I know. I was thinking that would be the thing when you said the legend and the buddy and uh, I would have been the, I would have been the idiot if I was doing radio back then. No, I think we would have gone like the bombastic or the caustic or something like that. I prefer lovable, but okay. Yeah. But the branding has to at least be accurate. Like you, if you put Oreos in motor oil, that wouldn't have actually worked. <laughs> Maybe it would have been about his singing. As I said, Oreos and motor oil, PK singing. All right. Thanks, David. We'll talk to you. See ya. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Ryan Lacey, Ryan Lacey tweeting about Morgan Scally in the University of Utah again this morning. We'll get to that coming up next. Stay with us. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Pelicans announced that rookie star Zion Williamson has left the bubble in Orlando because of an urgent family medical matter. He intends to rejoin the team at a later date. If his absence lasts seven days or fewer, Williamson will quarantine for four days upon his return to the bubble. If he has a negative test every day, he's outside the bubble. James Harden returned to Houston Rockets practice yesterday after his arrival to the bubble had been delayed. Mike D'Antoni telling reporters, James looked good. Probably was rusty for about 30 seconds, and then he was back. Kemba Walker, Celtics guard, pretty frustrated, still dealing with a left knee issue after all this time off. And Milwaukee Bucks guard Eric Bledsoe tested positive for COVID, is yet to travel to Orlando, issued a statement, said he feels fine and is asymptomatic, looking forward to rejoining the Bucks in Orlando once he passes the protocol. This back-to-basketball update is presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sam Amick from The Athletic. It was good hearing your voice on the Zoom call with Donovan Mitchell. Asking him a little bit about Quinn Snyder. Sometime in the near future, we're going to be writing something about the coaching experience for every coach that's in Orlando and just how unique it is. And Donovan was good on the fact it's so much greater than X's and O's right now. Not only the virus, but the social justice conversations the players care so much about and the coaches do as well. And all of that stuff, it's cliche, but the bigger the basketball tag applies to their jobs right now. And, you know, it certainly seemed like Donovan was uh, giving a hearty thumbs up to the job that Quinn's been doing. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home. And right now, Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Mention DJ and PK when you call and get a fourth room clean for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning at 801 288 9376. 
All right, PK, we had Ryan Lacey on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Former youth player, has uh, strong allegations. He really stood by. I listened to him. I thought he was credible. I know not everyone did. I'm aware of that. Uh, it left me with a lot of questions about his interaction uh, with Morgan Scally. We, we were both on the call when, when Morgan talked about the racial slurs and made his apology. I found him pretty credible. But those two things just don't square up right now. Something is missing. Uh, Ryan has tweeted out a couple of things uh, here in the last couple of hours. Uh, at Safety Pride, which is Morgan's handle on Twitter. At Safety Pride will not admit his faults under perjury. The truth will stand. I've received threats behind his lies. This is the coach at you. Utah represents food for thought. Uh, I do not support Safety Pride or the at you Utah at all anymore. After speaking to the organization, I'm done. I've had to separate from my job behind threats and lies. As a father, I will teach my son to understand how infectious a racial slur can be at NCAA. Uh, The two things, what we heard on the phone call with Morgan and what we talked with Ryan about, uh, they, they do not square up. Do you have any idea why or any more insight into it because if, if you've listened to both of them this this doesn't match up yeah you know i have been lied to so many times in my life and i'm not saying uh picking sides here i'm just saying the point of sounding credible doesn't, that's nice all right doesn't i know. mean doesn't right. mean you're telling the truth and i'm not saying ryan's lying i'm not saying morgan's lying i'm speaking generally here so because i had this discussion with gordon because he was all hot and bothered by it and he listened to our uh interview that he did and he told me he wrote something for the watchdog on it and he referenced us and he says he finds him credible just by listening to someone talk that's not good enough for me but I and agree I with you. If, I think if we're all if we're all honest with ourselves, we have all been lied to. And maybe you figured yeah. it out later, but in the moment, you thought, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, and you get down right. the road and you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> so I think you have to put yourself away from that. Oh, he sounded credible. That's not good enough to be credible. Not that he sounded credible. And people are, and when I say he or she, I'm not speaking specifically to Ryan Lacey. I just don't want to believe someone simply because they sound credible. Now I will say with Ryan Lacey, I have to give him credit because his story has remained the same at all times. And he has not backed down from it one time. Never. We had him on the air twice and each time he was consistent. And now here he's obviously had some, you would think he's had some type of follow-up beyond the last time we spoke to him, which was a day or two after the university held their teleconference, which was a couple of weeks ago. So with that in mind, I give him credit for sticking to his story. Now I have to investigate this. Uh, I can't recall. We're now to the point of getting into, well, one person said this and another person said this. So no, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. Now were there witnesses there? Uh, any, any, did anybody else hear this? Did Ryan say other people? That's why I can't recall. Was it just the two of them alone? Did anybody else hear that? Because if you've got other people who can step forward and say, yes, I heard that that did happen. Well, that adds credibility to the situation, but I don't remember if he said he, there was other people. He did say that other people observed what happened in both interviews we've done with him. He has said that there were other people that observed it. He's never named who it was though. Well, that's what, I mean, if you're going to take me this far, take, let's go. Yeah. And drop me in the water. Sing it. 
<laughs> you set me up on that. I know I did. Uh, 100%. Oh, no, don't blame me. Uh, so I'm not speaking you. I'm oh. speaking Jen. Jen. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I'm not talking about you. Uh, so where are these people? Because this deserves attention. And the U of U, I mean, Jake Scott, my gosh. And I know Jake's probably listening right now. Uh, uh, Gordon alerted to me, I think it was a Friday afternoon. They said Jake Scott went hard after the U of U to, to, and President Watkins, the president of the university. And to the point where he told me about it, I went back and listened. I didn't listen live, but I went at 1280thezone.com and you can hear all of our segments. And I listened to it because Gordon told me about it. I think it was a Friday afternoon. I was probably out on the golf course. And I went back and listened to it. I remember specifically on a Saturday. Yeah, Jake did go strong. Huh? There's no question about it. He did go strong. So, uh, you know, in terms of, well, all these other things that they've covered up and whatnot and, and the tragic story of the young lady, uh, I think her name is uh, McCluskey was her last name on the, the track, the track Lauren athlete. McCluskey, yeah. Lauren, there you go. Yeah, right. And how that just was just an awful story and, and things were done that shouldn't have been done and things should have been done that weren't done and all that type of thing. So I mean, that's a brutal story every which way you look at it for sure. So Jake was going hard on that. And there's a lot of thought of, well, you know, what are they covering up? So is there any, any potential cover up here? I, I suppose that this needs more investigation from a media perspective. Who are these people? Can Ryan Lacey provide these names can we find out who they were did the u of u interview them did this uh, external investigation that those folks who did that that they talked to them a lot of questions remain unanswered if you believe to a degree ryan lacy he even has a minimum of a shred of truth which i do uh yeah i don't i don't feel like i can't you know on the service I believe what they both said, but if you sit back, it's like you said, you know, so did someone hear it wrong? Did someone just not telling the truth? Did someone think they hear something and not? What the, What is that? Something doesn't mesh up. Either story on its own, I feel like is pretty credible. And to your point, you got to go back in your life and say there are times I thought something was credible and it was not, right? But these two yeah, things, yeah, yeah. when you compare them, don't add up. But what is the missing piece? Now, it could just be as simple as Ryan's making it up. Or it could be as simple as, man, Morgan's just lying his butt off because he's in hot water. You know, is there something in between that, you know, is a missing piece? You know, I thought I heard you say this. You know, I don't. I don't know. I, I would be interested. Who are the other people? Can we hear from them? Can we get them on the air? What did they, what did they hear? Or are those people like? I mean, I've I've talked to other people around this, and you have probably too. And one person specifically said, "I don't know what to believe." I've got people who come down on both sides of this. I have relationships with, and I don't want to wade into it. I can't provide you with the truth because I don't know it myself, and I don't want to come on your show. And I thought this person would be pretty informed and, and would help shed some light on it. And man, they just like, they want to know part of it, you know, and they were as, and, and they can, they, it's way easier for someone in that situation who has relationships to get people to open up as opposed to getting, I mean, the thing that's been impressive about Ryan is he's come on the air, you know, his face, you know, his name. You know how to reach him. And he said what he said, knowing full well, there are people who didn't want to hear it, you know, 
And in an age yes. when people throw stuff out anonymously when you don't know their face and you don't know their name and they don't have to stand behind whatever they say, you know, the fact that he does that and takes the blowback is part of the reason I'm like, well, I want to know more. What's, you know, what is really the truth? I do think when he says stuff about the threats and all, I'm not sure you can connect that to the U of U. I don't know that you can't, but I would assume, and maybe that's wrong on my behalf, to assume that the U of U is involved in these threats. And so I think he makes a connection there. At least I take it that way. And that's from wacko people. That is separate and aside I, from the university. That, that's not how I took it. I took it as, yeah, there's a crazy element to every fan base and there's somebody there who's reaching out or it's somebody who maybe isn't even that into the U, but gets all fired up about racial issues and threw it out. To me, the allegation to me, the allegation from Ryan to the U that hurts the U is that these people don't want to admit the truth. They're stonewalling me. Okay. When he says will not admit his faults under perjury, that's what I took Ryan towards, you know, the U now, you know, why doesn't the U find him credible? Does the U you know, not want to go after a player and discredit him because that looks bad, even if it's true. And so they're holding back some stuff. I'd, I'd like to know the answer to that. I don't know what's there. I've heard whispers about it, but I don't know. So, I mean, it's like you said, there's plenty of unanswered questions here, but I don't know that everybody feels like it's in their best interest to talk about it and say, I'm just going to lock it down and say nothing. Well, Ryan wants to talk about it. He'll talk about yeah. it. I don't know. And we talked about it. We've talked about it with him. Uh, but he hasn't, you know, to Yock's point, said, you know, these are the players, these are the names. The thing that I don't understand is something has happened because in prior conversations with him, he has remained steadfast in his connection to the U of U. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The way I interpret these latest two tweets is that he is dissolving that relationship with the U of U. Did you read yes. it that way? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so, when he was on with so, us. So something happened here. When mm-hmm. he was on with us, he was interested in a conversation with Morgan. He so was that was like two weeks ago, right? And yeah. I came away from that feeling like he, and, and you can go, I mean, it's still up. You probably have to dig a little bit, but it's, Yak, how long does this stuff live on our website? Oh, oh it's just still type up there. In yeah, you Ryan can, Lacey, his own. Yeah, you can find it. Um, but when he says, after speaking to the organization, I'm done, that's different than what I felt when our conversation ended on the radio a couple weeks ago. At that point, yes, he yes. wanted to go okay. back, he wanted to hash it out and, you know, get get resolution. You know, he wanted yes. to be heard and he wanted it to be resolved. And now he feels like it's not resolved and he's not interested in trying anymore. So I assume there was some type of communication, whether probably not a face to face conversation in this era, but, you know, a phone call or text messages or an email. I don't I don't know, but it feels like something happened and and he he got nothing and he's just done with it. Yeah, I suppose. so. yeah, that, that's uh, that's where you interpret it. I, I, I will say in in a private conversation uh, speaking with someone at Utah that we were talking about the casualness of the word and we all know the word and you know we you and me we've spoken about this we're of the generation at least I was I believe you were too that completely out of bounds completely out of bounds you just know and it doesn't matter if it ends in an A or if it's in a rap song or what have you I mean it was never there was no such thing as rap and the Temptations weren't using it in their lyrics in Motown a lot of the black artists and even uh, beyond that and no, no one it just didn't it didn't happen it was understood that it was the most vile of the vilest of words 
and we were talking about how things have changed. So was, and I'm throwing this out. I don't know that it's there, nor did we have this conversation well, that I spoke to this person about, like, cause I, I'm not saying that, but was it said, if it was said, was it said in a manner that wasn't threatening you and I would never use it. Well, other folks, as time has gone on, we've seen other folks use it. I mean, it's littered in musical lyrics. You can see it all over the place and they use it constantly. And was it said in a manner that wasn't a threatening way, but somebody took it differently? I don't know. I'm not saying it was. I'm just throwing stuff out there looking for possible explanations that can satisfy both sides in terms of truth, not necessarily in terms of satisfaction and justification by any stretch. It's funny since we had him on and we were having a very similar conversation, this one you were bringing it up and I was listening uh, you know it's not just rap I mean Bruno Mars is as mainstream as mainstream gets right I mean he did a Super Bowl halftime show and the NFL after one really bad experience is taking no chances with Super Bowl halftime shows they put Bruno Mars out there but Bruno Mars has a hit song and uses that word it's right there in the middle of the song Bruno Mars yeah and he's as mainstream as it gets Paul so, Rodriguez <laughs> is that his name I think it is, yeah. 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 Random, random tangential thought, but uh, sixty minutes did a uh, did a no, great story Peter with Hernandez him about did a great story with him about growing up in Hawaii and the time he was homeless and he took him back to where they lived and all that. It was, it was pretty good stuff. Uh, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, right. your point's well taken. I get it. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone coming up in the nine o'clock hour. Brian Dunseth, Rail Salt Lake commentator and analyst on the restart with MLS. And the one thing about Brian that makes no sense whatsoever. We will get into that. DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, and somebody's got a story. It's not me. It's Patrick Kenahan. <laughs> Story time with PK. What do you got, PK? So we were talking about how yesterday, or I think it was not yesterday, it was a couple of days ago, how you tend to be a little bossy at work. Never. And, uh, oh, yeah, well. Not anymore. I got not I got a story. Okay. I got a story. So Jake Scott, when we were talking about it, he calls me during the break, and he said, so this was two days ago, and he said that during the show that uh, you – his show, you called him three times. And it was literally during the show. When? Three times. Uh, two days ago. Maybe it was yesterday. Uh, it was either yesterday or the day before. It would have been the day before that, that he called me. So you would have, if he called me yesterday, then he would have received the calls from you on Wednesday. I texted, he called him, during me Wednesday. I texted him during the show Wednesday. No. He said that you called him three times while he was on the air. And the third time he thought, wow, this must be an emergency. So he cut his mic because he figured, well, what's going on? Well, it turns out it was a butt dial. (laughs) I didn't even know that. Here it is. You're right. (laughs) Okay. That same day you butt dialed me. I did. 
Last night, <laughs> I'm recording my podcast. That and I, I FaceTimed you on a butt dial. FaceTime you on a butt dial. This is a trend. <laughs> it is. Dude. I knew the one about last night with the FaceTime. I'm like, man, I hope he didn't see that. <laughs> I was literally in the middle of an interview, and I'm like, why is DJ trying to FaceTime me? Because eh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> FaceTime? God. You're an idiot? You're one of those Utah County people who got lectured? Apparently. <laughs> so then he says the third time he listens to it, right? Because mm-hmm. he figured it's an emergency. And he said you were at work. And he said he could hear you yelling at somebody to do something. Oh, everything's yelling now because it's all through mass. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, yeah. yesterday, you, Tim Peters you know, okay, was like, you I can't hear you through the mask. Somebody. You were ordering somebody to do something. Then how about that? Okay, sure. That's what he said? Okay. I, you're a tyrant at work and quit butt dialing. I'm going to keep butt dialing. I don't seem and to be stop capable. stop being a tyrant at work. I don't seem capable of, of not butt dialing. I thought with iPhones that butt dialing was basically eliminated, though. Uh, I must have. Uh, if you're in the phone function, you got to get out. If you go back to the main screen, then it's eliminated. Go back to the main screen. Yeah, apparently I need to. Apparently, Put the phone on the desk. <laughs> but you butt dialed them three, I often three do. times. I often do at, uh, at TV. It's back in the day why you would text to, to let you in before you had the, the little thing to get yourself in, and I wouldn't see it because it was on the desk so that I wouldn't butt dial people. <laughs> oh, this is great. Now I got people texting me. Well, you've never butt dialed me. Don't you like me? <laughs> I don't know that you've ever butt dialed me. Uh, Jill, man, I've never been butt dialed by you, just my mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, Brian Dunseth coming up. I never wanted Dunny and, and PK to meet because there's two people who like to torture me in life. It's these two guys. We have met many times. Dang it. DJ and PK, <laughs> I didn't want it to happen. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.